Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Tuesday, June 9th edition of Bang the Book Radio. My name is Adam Burke, your host for the next half hour or so. Let's go over all kinds of things in the world of sports from a betting focus. Happy to have you with me here as one guest joins me on this Tuesday program. That is Brian Blessing, the host of Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline. The PGA Tour is finally back. We've got the Charles Schwab Challenge to talk about here with you today down at Colonial. And we'll talk about a couple of NASCAR races as well. we got a race at Martinsville here coming up on Wednesday. And then coming up this weekend, a race back on the one-and-a-half-mile track down at Homestead, Miami. So we'll touch on those two NASCAR races here on today's show. Over at bangthebook.com, got a preview up for the Charles Schwab Challenge. Got a preview up for Wednesday night's NASCAR Cup Series race, the Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 500. So those are available over at bangthebook.com. Daily KBO article, not doing so great with that, but that's over there as well. If you missed Monday's edition of the Betters Box, you can circle back and check that out. And I also just this morning put up a piece with some futures odds for that NHL 2014 playoff tournament that we don't know exactly when it's going to start, but expected to start here probably in late July. <laughs> so got some futures odds up for that. Finally, as you know, this and every edition of Bang the Book Radio presented by our friends over at DSI Sportsbook. BTB and the number 200 is that promo code 100% deposit match bonus for the sports book 100% deposit match bonus for the live casino at bet DSI it's only a game until you bet it one guest on the program here today and that is Brian Blessing the host of Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline Brian how's it going today man all right, Adam, we're gaining on it uh, NASCAR a couple more races this week um, hockey players Got on the ice, not really organized, with six guys at a time. So they're starting to ease their way back. And let's see if and, and drooling. Can't wait for the golf. Yeah, definitely. Great to have golf back here this week. And I guess let's go ahead and start with that because, you know, we had the two charity matches uh, last month where we saw Ricky Fowler, Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, Matthew Wolf, Phil Mickelson, and of course, Tiger Woods, who's not in the field this week for the Charles Schwab. But I imagine a lot of these guys have just been playing on their home courses as restrictions have kind of been eased a little bit. Yeah, they haven't played under PGA Tour conditions or anything like that, but I'm sure they've had some uh, friendly wagering with their playing partners and all that. So as we just start with a general approach here, not having seen a golf tournament for basically three months since the first round of the players was completed and then they shut everything down. What's your approach this week, knowing that a lot of these guys are probably going to be rusty or going to be working on some different things? Well, on a weekly basis, my approach is kind of the same, uh, but it'll be really exacerbated this week. And that's, you know, I'll have a couple of guys that I really like uh, at big prices that I think will contend and then generally watch the first two rounds and Friday night going into the weekend will come back and make a play on someone that's, you know, just off the pace before moving day, and you still get an overlaid price. That is the actual guy I'm going to like. I'm going to say who I like on Friday after watching a couple of days because there's just so many unknowns. That being said, I'm swinging for the moon here. Uh, I got like five guys. I'm going to, you know, small, you know, I'll put five, ten bucks on five guys going into the weekend uh, with some rationale behind it uh, and get ridiculous overlaid prices because I do think 
this could kind of be like if you wanted an analogy like a NASCAR race at Talladega where you're crazy not to play a long shot in in this race <laughs> you know the big accident could happen at Talladega and at the Benedetto can win the race at 40 to 1 um this is the kind of thing coming off the shelf who knows who's been doing what to prepare well, and I think this one's especially difficult, too, because you've got Rory as your obvious favorite here with how well he's been playing basically all year long. Six top five finishes for him. He's plus 750. John Rahm about 11 to 1. Justin Thomas, 13. Bryson DeChambeau, Sungjae Im, 18 to 1. A lot of good players in the 20 to 40 to 1 range. A lot of really good players in the 50 to 60 to 1 range as well. And one of the things I noticed as I was handicapping this tournament, Brian, is that you look at the past winners, and you've got guys like Kevin Kisner, guys like Kevin Na, guys that maybe don't hit it the farthest, Justin Rose, Adam Scott, those are obviously world-class players, but what a lot of these guys have in common that have won this tournament is that they are excellent putters. So I tried to focus on putters this week with the guys I tipped in the article, but at the same time, obviously putting is very much a feel thing. You wonder about that here, where this tournament tends to be tailored to guys that are very good in the strokes gain putting department. But, you know, again, we're playing Colonial a little bit later in the year. The greens will probably be faster, more sun-baked. And these guys just haven't really rolled a lot of putts lately. Well, I think when you're talking of the guys that won, I, I the putting, obviously, these are guys that are really good putters. The, the main thing, the key thing on this course, uh, it's 7,200 yards, par 70. The Bombers have no great advantage here. The guys you, you got to play are the guys that are playing from the fairway. It's driving accuracy to me is the, is the key thing in here. And you look at the guys that have won this thing and contended in the past, and two of them are absolutely on my list. Uh, Jim Furyk just hits it right down the middle all the time. And his games have actually uh, been pretty good. And Zach Johnson's won here twice. Uh, Zach Johnson, it's, just, it's a robotic it, it bam down the middle all the time uh and you know, jack johnson is like kevin kevin kisner so those are two big price plays i'm absolutely considered the thing is with this golf tournament i can't wait to watch it and the next couple of weeks is golf without fans we've talked about this generally speaking before but the bottom line is an errant shot now is not just an, uh you know an errant shot it could be a disaster because in the past guy hits an errant shot and it hits it's 15 yards left of the green, but it hits in the gallery, and it stops right there. And then they move the gallery back, and it's matted down grass, and the guy's got a good lie, and these guys are so good, they get up and down or take a bogey. Now that Aaron shot is going to hit a side mound and bounce 20 yards away from the green, and they'll be short-sided, and the ball will be sitting down in rough. They're going to end up playing the golf course the way you and I would have to play the golf course because there are no fans there. So somebody could have a three-shot lead with three to go and lose it. So uh, to mitigate all that, the guys that hit the fairway are the keys. I'm playing a guy at 600-1. to one. I, and is, is Chad Campbell. He's, in the, he's number four in the PGA in driving accuracy. He's a Texas guy. Uh, you know, I, I, it, <laughs> I, this is the kind of event. Furyk's... Uh, I'm looking for the numbers here. I'm not I, from memory, but you know, Fur, Furyk's a monster price. Zach Johnson's a monster price. I know that uh, uh, Chad Campbell is 600 to one, 
Furyk's 150 to 1. There's no way Furyk should be 150 to 1. I, I would play. Let me ask you this. If I gave you a head to head matchup right now, today, you know, would you, Ricky Fowler or Jim Furyk, who would you play? Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. I, I, you would have to look Furyk because exactly what you said. I mean, this is going to be a fairways and, and greens type of tournament. And that's probably how a lot of these are going to play here, you know, early on in the process while everybody's just sort of trying to, you know, get everything back together, trying to get back into some level of form. And like I said, some of these guys probably were playing, you know, on some of these courses, kind of playing against each other, stuff like that. You know, Ryan Palmer is a guy, Texas native, 66 to one or higher out there in the market. He plays very, very well here. You know, he's got a couple of top 10 finishes over the last four years. It's his home course. This course, right. It's his, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's his home course. So and the, the funny thing, and, and you're, you're spot on. You know, like if Ryan Palmer wins, he beats me. It's like, okay, every, you know, Ryan Palmer, and he's big in organization of this event. You know, I think he's a member there. Uh, so, you know, like, the cat's out of the bag on Ryan Palmer. But can he win? And, and, and the price, you know. It, it, uh, the guys I'm telling you that are 150 and 200 to one, you know, Ryan Palmer. If this tournament wasn't a colonial, Ryan Palmer would be 200 to one. But you know, because Ryan Palmer's a member there, what I think he's in like the 60 to one range, something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, but I think coming off the long layoff, I think you know, coming in, you would look for guys that have a comfort level at a place. And how many times a guy have no form coming in? But all of a sudden, he goes to a course where he has good memories. Uh, course suits his eye. So I, I just I think th- these overlaid prices again. I'm not going bananas here, but I'll really make my determination on Friday night. But I, I, there's rationale and reasoning behind them. I told you why Zach Johnson and why Furyk and and Campbell they hit the fairways. Johnson Furyk have played well there before. Chad Campbell is from Texas. Don't, don't forget this is a Texas event. The winds of Texas. There's something about that down there. Uh, and, and Kisner, I thought about, and, and, and he's a kind of a bulldog, and he's very good, hits fairways. Kisner makes sense to me. Uh, the uh, other guy I would take a look at, at 80-1, to 1, I think is a ridiculous price on Sergio Garcia. Garcia hits the ball spectacularly off the tee. He's a great driver of the golf ball. Oh, by the way, however many years ago it was, not too many, was it four or five years ago, he moved to Austin, Texas. So he lives in Texas. He plays a lot of golf in the winds of Texas. So I think Sergio Garcia is the fourth guy uh, I'd put in at I, what I believe is an overlaid price. Maybe it's not overlaid. It's 80. Uh, you know, Garcia's up there and contends. He just uh, doesn't kick the door down. Uh, but for the reason that he's in Austin and he drives the ball well, I'll take a shot with Sergio Garcia. But then the, the 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 odd one and the outside the box thinking, if this one works, I'll be very, very happy. Because of Zach Johnson, a guy I had made a mental note of earlier this year and and, and said, Wow, and I, I'm thinking the guy's a kid. He he's no kid. He's thirty three years old. Is Sun Kang. Sun Kang is another big number. Well, Sun Kang, before the shutdown, had two top ten finishes. He had a second, but well, actually, he had a second, a ninth, and a sixteenth. And the guy is playing great golf. Well, there's a common denominator. Why I said make a note, don't forget to be playing Sun Kang a lot later in the year, is because of his caddy. His caddy is Damon Green, who was Zach Johnson's caddy for years. Now, 
Zach Johnson's won twice here. Damon Green knows every blade of grass at this course. Sung Kang was playing terrific golf. This caddy had had a real positive impact on him before the shutdown. Now everybody's forgot about a guy, Sung Kang. Who, who, what? I'm telling you, he was playing really, really good golf. I think the the Damon Green, the veteran caddy, was making a big difference for him. And now they're going back to Colonial, where Damon Green was on the bag for some wins. Don't sleep out on how important the caddy is. So Sung Kang, uh, of all of them, I could see him being the guy that, that may be the most dangerous at a really nice price. Yeah, I'm seeing him out there in the 175 range. That's so crazy. A, a strong price there. That's I'll crazy. Out, I'll throw out a couple of others that I was kind of looking at here. Uh, Andrew Putnam is a guy. He's only played here twice, but he's got a couple of top 20 finishes. He was third last year. Very, very good putter. One of the best putters on tour, actually. So if he gets to the green when he's supposed to, that's a guy that should be able to knock down some putts. Also, another guy here, and and I think that this is one, and, and we're kind of talking about some older guys here. I know you mentioned that, that Sung Kang is 33, but you mentioned a guy like Jim Furyk. You mentioned a guy like Zach Johnson. One that I kind of overlooked in my article and also the Daily Fantasy piece I put up over at bangthebook.com. Vaughn Taylor, he's 44 years old. He's 200 to 1. But this is a guy, you know, up there in the top 25 in driving accuracy, top 35 in strokes gained putting. That's what we're looking for here. We're looking for fairways, greens, and guys that knock down putts. They're not the sexy players. They're not the 330, 325 off the tee guys. Those are the guys that are in the 200 type of range here, 150 to 200 type of range that could very well go out there and win this thing because they do play a game that's not only strategically relevant at this course, but probably magnified here with the fact that, you know, again, so many of these guys coming off the three-week layoff. The only thing I worry about with the older players here, not really having played, and I'm sure they're staying in shape, it's Texas, it's June, it's hot as hell already. We know that. So some of these guys may get worn down a little bit here as this week goes along. So maybe, again, you take a look for some of those guys on Friday night, maybe the younger guys that are hitting fairways, they maybe have a little bit more juice on Saturday and Sunday. And there's one I, I would, I, you know what, I probably will add one. I mean, it's, it's that kind of thing. Um, I, 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 I go deep because I'm going with such big prices. If I was, if I was going to deem, say, like Sung J.M., right, he just plays every week. Uh, the, the, he, he, if he could, he probably was playing right along. He just literally, he was consistent. He had a win under his belt. 35 to 1. I don't know that the layoff necessarily helped him because he was a real creature of habit uh, and on a routine. But if you want to say, I would even say like a guy like Justin Rose is at 40 to 1. There's some name guys that are at 40 to 1. If you wanted to say, if, if you threw the top three out, they're great players. I just coming off the shelf, there's no way you could play any of those guys. But if you want to say 40 to 1 or lower, you could consider semi chalky. The one guy that I'm going to add, because it, it just makes too much sense, is Scotty Scheffler. He's, he, he, had a, he finished third in the American Express, third in the Bermuda Championship. He was fifth in the RSM Classic. The guy, the guy just was on every leaderboard. And then during the shutdown, I forget what these things were. They were like semi-little mini-tour things, but they actually had odds on them. And Scheffler won the one, and I don't even remember the end result, but he was right there at the top of the leaderboard when they did it again it was it was more you know it was like 20,000 bucks or something was was the pot but 
Scotty Scheffler's playing great, had been, and was playing, and his name was being thrown out there during the shutdown. So Scotty Scheffler at 40-1, to 1, I think you're nuts not to, not to have a ticket on him because he's playing really good golf. That being said, you know, Justin Thomas comes out, shoots a 61, and wins by four, you know. But I, I think you got to swing for the moon here out of the gate and then Friday, watch a couple of rounds, see who's in good form, who maybe shot like a 74 on Thursday and then comes back with a 69 or 68, finds his game a little bit in the second round, is four shots off the place, a guy that you know has got a track record, but he's four four shots back before moving day. And I'm telling you, the leader can come back to the pack here because a mistake is going to be just magnified. So moving day becomes even bigger. I mean, I think the real thing is to watch Thursday and Friday and say, I am in on this guy at like 20, 30 to 1, a guy that's three or four shots off the pace on Friday. One more guy I'll throw out since we're talking about that 40 to 1 range, Matt Kuchar. I mean, Matt Kuchar's got three top 10s here in the last 10 years, a couple of other top 20 finishes, a guy that's 13th in driving accuracy, 14th in strokes gain putting. If I'm looking at a shorter price, I'm looking at Patrick Reed. I do like Patrick Reed a little bit at 26, 28 to 1 in that range. But Kuchar at 40 to 1, you know, would be my Scotty Scheffler here, I guess. Yeah, I was doing um, another little deal. Kuchar's name did come up, and we we considered him as well. Uh, he does. He's just he's pretty easygoing. Uh, he's just out there having fun, and you know, it, it until seems, he has to tip his caddy. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, all that nonsense. But I mean, he does. He hits fairways, and Kuchar, and that's a nice price too. Kuchar was someone that was mentioned. Like that's what I'm saying. You, you can't. You can't play everybody. I mean, um, if, if I was going to add a ticket on, on Scheffler's, Kuchar was a guy that was in the discussion. Um, you know, you, you can't bet 20 guys, but I'm, I'm comfortable betting five, six guys, uh, you know, basically uh, other than, say, a, a Kuchar and a Scheffler. These guys are all in excess of 171. You're aver- if, if you do it, your return on investment is going to be 35, 40 to 1. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what you do, you know, especially with a tournament like this. I, we've we've thrown out a lot of names here, obviously, but, you know, you can play guys like Kuchar in matchups. You can play guys like, you know, Patrick Reed in matchups, stuff like that. You can take some of those bigger futures prices, though, on a Zach Johnson, a Vaughn Taylor, a Chad Campbell, stuff like that. So we didn't throw out a lot of names here, but the nice thing is, you know, and obviously, too, with, with not a whole lot of sports going on, they're trying to find as many ways to get you to bet as possible. Lots of props, matchups. We talk about that in NASCAR, which we'll do here in a second. But a lot of opportunities to bet on different players that you know don't involve having to actually win the tournament. They can just go out there and beat somebody head-to-head in a matchup, maybe cash you a nice little pl- uh, plus-money price or something like that. Yeah, no, and it, you know, you always are kind to tell you know, say where people can listen to my stuff. But at Brian Blessing and on Twitter, we, we did a, actually a golf podcast that's uh, on, on my on my Twitter, always love doing this with you on a weekly basis. We've done another uh, golf podcast with my buddy Cam Stewart, and he and I have been hammering away at the golf now for the better part of 15 years together. He's got a great opinion, and it, it's funny, you, just what you were saying, he was talking about the matchups, and the only thing I would say, uh, and I said this to him, when you're saying, yeah, you could play these guys in the matchups, he's, I'm, I'm all in. I watched Dustin Johnson in the whatever it was, the you know, the the little skins game deal they had. And his form, and I, and I go, 
Okay, I, I hear you. The only thing I would say from a buyer beware perspective is he's going to be a fade, fade uh, uh, DJ in, in matchups. And I said, that's fine. I said, the only thing you don't know is the guy he's playing in the matchup, who knows how much golf he was playing in the last 11 weeks. You know, I mean, so I think th- this is, to me, should be a real kind of a buyer beware thing coming in. To me, take a swing for the fences, have some fun. But why really watch and study Thursday? Hope you get a guy, uh, you know, one or two or three, one or two of these guys uh, that you've got the balloon price are in contention, and then come back with, with a real firm opinion after having watched a, a couple of rounds. I, I just I think anybody that stands here, says, I love this guy this week. You know, you're dreaming. Come on, we don't know. We don't know what they've been doing. You know what I mean? I, I think watching the first two rounds is imperative here. Maybe then you, you come back with third-round matchups and futures on uh, the weekend that is, is the, to, with conviction to make bets would be after a couple of rounds. I, I just think this there's a lot of buyer beware here. Yeah, I think so, too. And as we look at some matchups here, Kevin Kisner's with Joel Damon. Uh, Kisner minus 105 out there at five dimes. So I actually like that. What does that tell you? On him. What does that tell you, though? No, you're right. Kisner's got a track record. Kisner's a named guy. Damon was playing in that smallish thing that Scotty Scheffler won. So Damon's been out there playing a little bit. I mean, generally speaking, would, wouldn't you say, if if I had talked to you five week, uh, six weeks ago, or we talked six months from now, Kevin Kisner versus Joel Damon, wouldn't you think that's, that matchup price would be minus $1.40? Especially here. Yeah, especially yeah. here. Yeah. So, I mean, what's the odds maker telling you? No, that's fair. That's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, you know, golf is, is a very rhythmic game, too. I mean, uh, I never get in a rhythm because I drink too many beers on the golf course, but I also suck at it anyway. So. Swing oil. Yes, absolutely. But other matchups here. Kuchar's up against Fitzpatrick. Kuchar's minus 125. And that one, your boy Scotty Scheffler uh, in a matchup with Gary Woodland with Scheffler plus 110. So maybe that's a good price that's for you to grab out there yeah. if you find it. Uh, but again, you know, a lot of different ways to uh, skin this proverbial cat, so to speak, here with the PGA Tour. And we'll talk a lot more about that next week with the Memorial, which, by the way, will have fans, up to 8,000 fans allowed here right. in the state of Ohio at the Memorial. So that should but be well, a lot of fun at Jack one, Nicholas's course next week. The one thing that's great about this, I mean, how why a why an, an excessive bomb can go off here is you got to hit the fairways and the, the, the Rory McElroy's and the, the Wolfs and the DJs and the guys that, and, and Gary, Gary Woodland, I is he, I, I believe he's a Texas guy. Isn't he? He played, is he Kansas? He's from Kansas, I think. But you know, those guys, I don't believe necessarily have a big edge. So it's a par 70. There's only a couple of par fives. It brings the Zach Johnsons and the Kisners. And, I mean, on a, on a weekly basis, even if the, if, if the best players in the world that hit it a mile were coming in there, the course itself levels the playing field. Now we're throwing the God only knows how they've prepped for this thing into the equation. That, that's why I think this could be, you know, a real opportunity to, to play. You know, pick, pick a you pick some guy at three, four hundred to one, and you had a reason and a case for it. I don't know why you say you're nuts. I, I I just think this this one is so wide open. 
Yeah, it definitely is. And uh, let's see if this one's wide open here at Martinsville. The Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 500, which uh, that's definitely a mouthful to say here. But on the paperclip track there at Martinsville, just over a half mile, the half mile of mayhem, in fact, it's called here. Kyle Busch, your favorite, plus 425. Brad Keselowski, who's actually got two wins in the last three years here in the spring race. He's plus 560, Truex 655. Hamlin seven to one, Elliott eight to one, Logano nine to one. Points leader Kevin Harvick eleven to one here on the short track, which gives you an idea about how his past has gone at Martinsville. But you know, we saw that things were a little bit bumpy, a little bit chaotic at Bristol at times. Now we're on another short track here up at Martinsville. What do you think? How are you kind of breaking this one down? Well, and I believe we did last week. Did we not do the Atlanta preview? Well, yeah. I mean. I, it, Harvick was a stroke on the board. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a car race, and, you know, you could blow a lug nut or whatever. Um, and if you hate, you'd be a chalk eater, but Kevin Harvick was a stroke on the board. They're going to Homestead on Sunday. Uh, you know, I, I think I think Harvick, Harvick could be a, a rocket sled there, but the number's telling you they don't like him here. The guy I think that's sitting on a big week potentially is Martin Truex. He won here last uh, year. The car's starting to round into form. Denny Hamlin has had past success here, uh, but it's been a while. I think Truex is is the guy, to me, the guy to beat this week. Uh, And I think Harvick is just going to be a mid-full again when you get down to Homestead. Well, and the thing about this week here, too, is that, you know, you've got some guys like a Denny Hamlin, like a Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson's won nine times at Martinsville, Martinsville in his career. Hamlin still seems to be relatively in the prime of his career. He's kind of on the back end of it, but he still races very well, usually week in and week out. Jimmy Johnson just, he's lost some zip on his fastball. He just doesn't really have it anymore. And I hope people don't fall into that trap here, and he's 25-1 to for a reason. But again, I mean, yeah, I know he's got the history here, but it was a long time ago. He's a different driver now. That's one where, you know, I, I always struggle with, not just course form in golf, but also track form in NASCAR of, you know, how much does that actually matter? Can these guys, you know, go out there without practice or qualifying, find the right groove, maneuver in tight conditions like they're going to have to here on this track? You know, I, I always wonder about that. How much past track history really matters? Oh, I, I think it does. I know for years, um, and I, you know, I clipped them a couple of times before the price was outlandish it really just got sucked down there was a four or five year stretch at Pocono where it was it was literally it was a two-horse race going in there it was going to either be Kurt Busch or Denny Hamlin I and and Harvick at Phoenix is a horse for the course uh Harvick at a track like uh, Atlanta you know you need the engine under the hood but yes guys that have a good feel in certain tracks uh, I would I would just say this to you go back to what we were talking about with the golf and the matchups is well, what is the odds maker telling you? Well, I said it said to you that I think uh, I said Truex or Hamlin this week. These are the two guys I'd be looking at. They're both six to one. Well, now you can agree with it, or if you've got a real firm opinion, say no. I, I don't. I think the odds makers got it wrong this week uh, at the Superbook over at the Westgate. They're both six to one, but in a head-to-head matchup, uh, Denny Hamlin is. Uh, the favorite over Truex, uh, or excuse me, I pardon me, 
uh, Truex and Hamlin uh, are a pick in a in a head head to head matchup, minus a dime either way. But then you go and you look, and I think you'll see Hamlin is getting a little more respect in head to head matchups. Uh, Kyle Busch is a dollar fifty over Truex. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's about the same, I guess. I, I it's, it looked to me like there, there there was a slight lean from the odds makers in Hamlin's regard, uh, and Hamlin's been in good form. Truex's been knocking on the door. He's kind of he's kind of got a Ryan Blaney thing happening. The, remember the first first month of the season, Ryan Blaney had a car that was a rocket sled, and he kept getting into trouble. Um, Truex is rounding into form. Uh, he, he's been winning stages left and right, but he can't he can't seal the deal at the end. Uh, I think you could have a Joey Logano sighting this week. You know, in, in, if you wanted the price play, uh, he's a former winner here, and he's actually running really well. He's another guy that's had some misfortune. But, you know, Clint Boyer's a former winner here, and Boyer's on the board at 25-1. to 1. He was, you know, we asked, there was an accident at uh, Bristol on the last lap, and Boyer ended up being the runner-up. But there have been races where Boyer had the lead for long stretches of the race, and, and then they make a pit mistake or cut a tire or something like that. But I think Boyer's an overlay at 25-1 to 1, as good as he's been running, and he won here uh, in 2018. So I, if you're looking for a price play, it'd be Clint Boyer. You mentioned Ryan Blaney, and, and Ryan Blaney is a guy that I like here. And, you know, when you look at the odds, you look at the manufacturer odds, and, of course, the board in and of itself with Bush, Truex, and Hamlin, you know, three of the top four, looks like it's supposed to be a good week for Joe Gibbs Racing, and it very well could. But Ryan Blaney, he's actually been really good here. Three of his last four have been top fives. He's run, you know, well in the stage portions as well, the first two stages. I think this is a guy that, you know, has kind of gotten it together. You mentioned early on in the year, had a lot of speed, had some issues. Coming off the break, coming off the shutdown, it didn't go well. You know, at, at Darlington, he didn't run particularly well. Then all of a sudden, three of his last four, he's in the top five. Bristol, he finished 40th, so he obviously had some misfortune there. Uh, he's on the pole here for whatever that's worth. But, you know, again, Blaney is a guy that I think his team has kind of figured it out. And they were doing that late last year, doing that early in the season this year. Then had the shutdown, they switched cars at Darlington. He didn't like the second car, didn't like the first car, made some adjustments. He's been running better. I kind of like him here. You can find him in the 12 or 13 to 1 range. You wouldn't normally think about, you know, Ford guys in these short track races, but with what Keslowski's done lately, Logano's been pretty good on the short tracks as well. I think Blaney's definitely worth a look this week. No, Ford's won four of the last six here. Isn't that amazing I, how yeah. cyclical these manufacturers feel like they've become? Yeah, and to the Blaney thing, I, the, the, it sucks he's starting on the pole because all that does is bring the price down. It's like, who, you know, right? it means nothing where you start. But because he's on the pole, you know, they shave him down. You said if you find him 13 is a good price. I'm seeing 10. Um, but – there are stretches of races where Blaney's the fastest. Blaney and Elliott at times are the guys that consistently have the fastest car on the track, but they're usually mid-pack trying to catch up. And, uh, yeah, I, I like Blaney. I, I, I think that's uh, not, a, not a bad move to consider here, rounding into form. And, and you know, and Logano's one of these guys. He just he always shows up. And if, he, if he's not contending, he's taking out the winner, you know, but the price is – 
never that good at eight, eight to one. I, you know, I don't know. Bowman's been running pretty good. Thirty to one's a, a, a crazy price on it, and as good as that car has been. But I, I, I'll go. I like Boyer and Blaney. I, I think from from the overlay perspective, and then you know, if if, if you really held it to me here, I, I'd say I'd go between Hamlin and Truex. And Kyle Busch is a deserving favorite four to one. All the guy does is win. But boy, he's been having some having some serious problems. You know, it's just uh, he's had a lot of bad luck during race, and a lot of it's self inflicted. It's almost like every race, Adam. Every race, because and they and they said that's, you know, Kyle Busch. If you wanted an analogy, it it's almost like Phil Mickelson on a golf course where he he goes for it all the time. That's Phil being Phil. Well, it's Kyle being Kyle. It's like every race, you know, the up speeding in the pit. Right, he's always pushing the envelope, and his and his he's got by a mile the best pit crew. I mean, every time they come in, this guy's gaining four spots. Uh, you know, he's gaining track position in the pits, which is always a big deal. I'll throw one more out there for you just real quickly. Cause I know he's a guy that you've mentioned a few times here. He hasn't really gotten to break through yet, but he was running in the top 10 in both stages of both races last year. Another Ford guy here, 40 to one. Eric Amirola is a guy that has run pretty well here. Maybe not to win necessarily, but you could find some top five, top 10 props out there. He's in a group with William Byron, Eric Jones, and Matt Kenseth at plus 260. I kind of like Elmi Rolla a little bit here this week. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what. There are two guys that I've, I've got marked down for, I guess it's th- three races away. I guess then they get into the once-a-week deal after this week. And I think it's a week from Sunday there at Talladega. And two guys I've got marked down for Talladega are Elmer Rolla and Benedetto. Uh, in the restrictor plate racing, and of course the the chance that the big accident is there, those are guys that run good on the restrictor plates. Uh, that are, you know, you're going to get the big price on these guys, but they're usually running in the top six, and and you got to have that position in the last two laps, and have the right guy be in the right spot at the right time when somebody pushes you to the front, but you've got to be there. And two guys at a ridiculous price uh, will be Almirola. And I do believe the Benedetto at Talladega is a guy I'll absolutely play. On the short tracks, I think uh, he can contend, uh, but kicking the door down might be asking a bit much. Well, we touched on it briefly, the Dixie Vodka 400. That's over at Homestead, Miami, coming up here this weekend. Used to be the Ford EcoBoost, but now with the uh, schedule changes and the way they've moved everything around and all that type of thing, uh, now it winds up being the Dixie Vodka 400. But I'll have a preview for that over at bangthebook.com here, probably on Thursday after we get through this Wednesday night race at Martinsville. And Brian Blessing, the host of Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline, Brian, how can people check out those two shows of yours, and what have you been talking about lately? Well, noon to 2 Pacific time, kshp.com. You listen live there, shows archived at sportsbookradio.com. The books are open. Uh, You've been starting to bounce around, in fact, heading downtown here this morning. Uh, Slowly but surely, the books are open, and for the most part, it's horse players that are in there because we're still kind of void of sports action. But we mentioned um, the Golden Knights yesterday, teams around the NHL. Players are back at the facilities slowly starting to work their way uh, into shape. Training camp probably mid-July for that. We have Vegas Hockey Hotline. Today, um, we have great guests all the time. Today, we're going up to Edmonton Reed. Wilkins is going to join us. And so, if you're a hockey fan, the hockey show's from 1 to 2. Sportsbook Radio, 
Uh, today's Tony's Tuesday. We got Tony Neville from Treasure Island, Tony Miller from the Golden Nugget. These guys are, are, are doing their level best getting the doors open. I mean, Adam, that, that's why this is such an unheard of thing. These guys like, shut the doors and then have to reopen. And the spacing, the seating in, in the sports books uh, is different. Every transaction takes a little longer. Every ticket writer is screening, uh, wiping down the area after every bet's made. So it's a new world, and let's see if it's uh, something. And we, we're hoping, but with all the protests and just the fact that so many of the cities had reopened, we got really this is a big week coming up here. Uh, and hoping that the there's not a lot of spikes in the coronavirus, and, and we keep moving forward, and none of this, oh God, and and we got to you know boomerang back to, you know, taking a big pause here. But I I think. I think we're heading the right way, and uh, I'm excited to hear you say that there's some going to be some fans at Memorial. Think about that. Um, that uh, Bill Foley, the Golden Knights owner, was on. He's like he's talking fans in the in the fall for hockey. I mean, I you know, and he's a positive guy. But if, in Memorial, if they pull this off, hey, listen, horse racing went through this whole thing. One jockey, Javier Castellano, I think tested positive. NASCAR, the racing's been great. The UFC, the fights have been great. The sports that uh, soldiered through this thing, I think, have done a great job. And now uh, let's let's get golf back on the beam. Hoping hoops and uh, hockey are soon. And I don't know. Yeah, let's wrap it up. But I mean, you tell me, kid. You're the baseball guy. What, what are these guys doing? The clock's ticking. I mean, now now it's what a seventy-two was it seventy-game schedule, something like that. And they're making seventy-five percent of their money. Is it going to happen? I mean, or it's that, or just shut it down. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, to me, what I would do at this point in time is just figure everything out for the CBA so you can play uninterrupted next year. Because you know they're trying to figure this thing out for this year to play a partial season, and all this is doing is creating more animosity between the owners and the players, with the league kind of stuck in the middle. And then they've got a labor stoppage on the horizon when this current CBA expires, with service time concerns and arbitration and all that. I would just bang this season fix everything in the CBA, get to the table, talk for the next six months, be ready to go in 2021 and not risk interruption of another season. Because if they have another one or if they don't play back-to-back seasons or something like that, do people come back to baseball at all whatsoever? I don't know. I I would shut it down and focus on long-term as opposed to trying to cram something in here for for the short term, but not my call, I guess. No, I'm with you on the big picture thing. I mean, they they could be digging themselves quite the hole here, but we'll see. But anyway, All right. uh, good to see stuff starting to come back. That's the cool thing. Absolutely, man. Good to chat with you here on a Tuesday. Once again, Brian Blessing, the host of Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline, at Brian Blessing on Twitter, sportsbookradio.com, kshp.com. Brian, always a pleasure, man. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Adam, have a good week, pal. There you go. There's Brian Blessing. Once again, at Brian Blessing on Twitter to find all the great work that he does. And you can hear him every Tuesday on Bang the Book Radio as well. Coming up on Thursday, new edition of the Betters Box, our KBO betting podcast. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And I will talk to you again on Thursday.